Hello, and welcome back to Shadow of a Doubt. In this ongoing series, we want to ask the tough and frankly difficult questions about the Bible. Did God really mean the things he said in the Bible, especially when it comes to suffering? As Christians, are we really truly called to suffer for Christ? And we brought someone in we believe is an expert on this subject. Pastor Terry DuPont has been a missionary for over 20 years in four countries in Central America and also had a major hand in launching Faith Promise Church. Pastor Terry, tell us about a time or in your ministry of 20 years in Central America when you believed you suffered for Christ. Well, the, the suffering, the hardest part of the suffering that we went through really had to do with North Americans who came down and had a different opinion of what missions should do and be like. And we would call it in the United States a stab in the back. And every time that we got that stab in the back, and they were many, it just broke our hearts. We lost a friend, but we just kept going. Pastor Terry, I'm not sure about you, but in life, I look for times to be comfortable. Mm -hmm. I look for that, and I believe God has called us in Scripture to be uncomfortable. And so for the last 20 years, living in a foreign country, learning the language slowly, it would seem you've been pretty uncomfortable. How is that discomfort drawing you closer to God? Well, everything that we've done down there during these years has been uncomfortable. It opens new doors, things we've never done before, languages we've never spoken before, people we've never met before. That just draws you closer because you have to rely on God. You can't rely on yourself and you can't rely on other people. I remember one time particularly when I tore my quadrant muscle uh, playing basketball and what was I gonna do, go to a hospital in Nicaragua? I don't think so. So I had to rely on God for healing, which he did, and got me back to the United States. So God's it. Wow, that's amazing. Thank you so much, Pastor Terry, for being Amen. here. Thank you for having me. The Gospels tell us that we are going to suffer. And thank you so much for giving your life to the cause of Christ. The Gospels tell us that we are going to encounter various trials. And not only are we are supposed to endure them, but we're supposed to be thankful for them and count them as joy. That's what the Bible says. But the question still remains. Did God really mean it? Hey, Promisers, some of you guys know uh, Terry DuPont. Terry really was used to, to help launch Faith Promise Church, and then as he and I were together on staff, he was the executive pastor. Uh, God called him to Nicaragua, Leon, Nicaragua. I was literally in his yard uh, with, with, with a yard sign, selling everything they had, taking everything that they had, family angry, uh, people mad, and yet they followed God down there and spent 20 years in really one of the most effective missionary couples out there doing an incredible work for the Lord. They're back full-time stateside. They're actually, Terry's back on staff, 82 years young. And I can tell you when Terry was divorced from Arlene and his life was jacked, he never dreamed that he would be where he is or do what he did. And we all encounter problems and suffering and trials and difficulty. And if we are not careful, if we don't have a biblical view of those, we will allow those sufferings, those pain, those things in our lives to just derail us and detract us, distract us from where God wants. And really today, the rest is history with the DuPonts as they really were remarried, sold out to Jesus and abused God in a great way. So come on, let's give Terry and Arlene a hand. Incredible, incredible. I know this book is an old book. It was written over almost 2,000 years, over, over centuries. 
different authors, but we still believe, we still hold to an old term that's called inerrancy of Scripture. We believe the Bible is true. Does anybody still believe that? Come on, anybody in all of our campuses, we, we believe. And many times, as you read the Bible, it goes against what you want, it goes against what you desire, it goes against the way maybe you even think things ought to be. And because of that, there is a war that rages within us to keep us from God and keep us from obeying the Word of God. We wanna take a, a look this week at a topic that none of us like, and it is the topic, or really the Lord's view of suffering. Because in the church in America today, we are more like Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zophar than we are like Jesus. Those were the three friends of Job. When Job had, had hell unleashed on him and his life was whacked and jacked, his friends showed up and said, listen, if you just repent of your sin, God would bless you. Because obviously, God didn't do this, and obviously, this is because this, you brought this on yourself. That is a knee-jerk natural reaction that the people of God have always had with suffering. God can't want me to suffer. God can't want me to have problems. And so therefore, when I have those, obviously there's something wrong. And yet the scripture is so clear. The heart of Jesus flows for us about suffering and our calling and what we're gonna do. See, he actually promised in this world you will have tribulation, correct? Yeah. He promised that. Now, that go, it rains on the just and the unjust. Everybody is gonna experience suffering. The deal is, how will, you, how will you walk through it and what will you do with it? Jesus, speaking to a crowd of followers, said this in Mark's Gospel, the eighth chapter, and he summoned the crowd with his disciples and said to them, if anyone wishes to come after me, anybody want to come after Jesus? Yeah. Come on, anybody, any of our campuses? Okay, even in the rain, even in the flood of 2019, we want to follow after Jesus. This is what he says. Then he must deny who? Take up his own and follow. See, when Jesus said those words, those were shocking. Today we've heard them enough that they sort of just roll off our back. We just we, we hear them, but we don't, we don't fare through them. We don't parse those. We just sort of hear those things. But when Jesus said those, those were shocking. They were unbelievable. People wanted to follow Jesus because they wanted the fish and chips and the miracles, but they didn't want any pain or problems. Things haven't changed, have they? So everyone that was listening to Jesus, everyone knew that what Jesus was speaking about, it meant death. And it meant what? That's what it meant. He was very clear. If you're gonna follow me, you're going to take up your electric chair, your lethal injection, and you are gonna, you are gonna follow me. It, there's no way around it. So the call to follow after Christ is a call to suffer. It is a call to die to your old self, to die to your sin, to die to your shame, and to die to your past. Would y'all agree with that? Yeah. See, we don't like that. Wait, hold up. See, nobody's fired up. Nobody's running the aisles. Everybody's shouting now, hey, man, bring it, preacher. Come on, man. Yeah, yeah, you're preaching good now. No, we're not hearing that. We talk suffering, man. We start backstroke. We start, like we said in Louisiana, and like we are right now. We, we, we crawfishing in Tennessee right now. We're going to crawfish out of this water. So when Jesus walks here, the shadow of his cross was already over him. 
And if we are going to follow after Jesus, the shadow of his cross is going to follow after us. So you might be checking out Faith Promise this weekend. You might be checking out this God thing, and you say, hold up, man, that's, that's weird. That doesn't sound right. We, we agree. It sounds weird. What Jesus was saying, even his disciples didn't want. It's definitely different than what the world teaches, but we are called to be different. Would y'all, we are called as Christ followers to walk different than the world walks. So God, would you just pour out your spirit? Would you move in a supernatural way? God, would you, would you open our, our minds and our hearts to understand the scripture, to so go counter this culture that we embrace suffering, knowing that the testing of our faith produces endurance, that we, res, that we rejoice when we encounter various trials. So God, would you open our minds and our hearts, and God, would you flood every campus in Jesus' name and all God's people said, Come on, welcome, Faith Promise, all of our campuses. Great to see you guys. Great to have you. God behind bars, we hope you guys are dry over there, man. We love you guys. We're ecstatic. Again, if you came this weekend, man, you're committed. You're committed because a lot of people I've already talked to, man, they had to take several routes just to get, to get here. Well, this weekend is a continuation. This is week three of a series on spiritual warfare called Shadow of it out. Now, the first two weeks, we talked the first week about, uh, about love, the loving people. Are you with me? Just loving folks. Because again, our thinking is opposite to the word. So we are called to love people like Jesus loved people. Is that easy? No. We're called to obey Jesus and serve Jesus. Is that easy? No. Let me, let me read you an email I got. This is incredible. After last week, we talked about that God wanted all of us to serve. I've been working behind the scenes on cameras for five and a half years. Now, let me tell you, it's harder to get more behind the scenes of faith promise than behind the camera. Let me, just let me tell you this. Serving is the greatest reward. Uh, I get to personally see life changes. I love seeing broken people among us. I love seeing the change unfold before my eyes. I love watching people break down the walls and look up to heaven. I love watching people coming in scared and walking out smiling. I love watching people listen intently, taking notes to share. I love watching people worshiping, raising of hands and dancing in place. I love watching the broken come in and leaving rescued and restored. I love my church family. I wanted you to know this is why I serve. I love being a part of an awesome team created an atmosphere to create life change. Isn't that incredible? This is one of our camera operators. Come on. Serving the Lord. In this series, we're, 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 talking, we're, we're talking about, does, does God really mean it? So did he mean it I'm supposed to love everybody? Did he mean it I'm supposed to serve? Did he mean it I'm actually supposed to suffer? Hold up, you're killing me, pastor. Well, that's what I'm actually trying to do. I'm trying to Galatians 2.20 us that we will crucify the old life. That as Romans 4 says, if we were buried with him in baptism like Jesus and that we are raised up to walk in newness of life. That you're raised up from the old life to a new life. Are you with me? That, that you're raised. See, we live in a time in America today where loving ourselves is at an all-time high. People used to take pictures of other people. Come on. That's what people used to do, and they were behind a camera. Now it's right here, baby. It's, it's come on. It's come on, man. Let's 
Let's get us all in there. Are you with me? And who's center field? Who's just right there center focus? Me? Are you with? So we live in a day and time where love and self, we are so averse to any kind of, aren't we? We want the room the perfect temperature. Come on. Sound a perfect decibel. We, want, we don't want to wait in traffic. We don't want to wait in line at the Walmart. I mean, we want everything right now. Is, does this make sense? Isn't this where we are? And our theme for this year is follow the filling. And as we follow the filling of the Holy Spirit, where the Spirit leads, I will follow. So following God is not always following the ways that we think that we should go or the way life is gonna unfold. Here's, here's some real truth. If you're gonna follow after Jesus, it's probably gonna mean you're gonna suffer some. See, not an amen at any campus. <laughs> See, we wanna be like Jesus is the master of the model. Yes. See, we wanna be like Jesus. Did Jesus suffer? Come on, if you're listening, say I am. So see, we want to be like Jesus, but we really don't want to suffer. But we are going to suffer. Actually, everybody's going to suffer. It rains on the just and the unjust. The question is our understanding of suffering, how we're going to walk in that suffering. Are we going to, are we going to follow the filling of the Lord and joyfully embrace it? Are we going to run from it or just endure it? Are we going to allow suffering to do its results, rejoice when you encounter various trials, suffering, knowing that the testing, the difficulty, the pain and the problem, it, it increases our faith. Does that make sense? See, we don't want any rain, but all sunshine and no rain makes a desert. We wouldn't know anything about that this weekend because it's rain, it's monsooning, but, but, but we are going to suffer. We are, if we're going to follow after, we're going to suffer anyway. So if we're going to follow Jesus, we're going to suffer for that. So we've got, we've got to determine how am I going to, what am I going to, how am I going to walk with that? You know, are we really supposed to embrace that pastor? Are we supposed to like it? No, I didn't say you like it, but rejoice in it. There's between liking the circumstances and rejoicing in it. Are you with me? I watch Gloria and Ben and Justin and their family walked through the tragedy at the beginning of this year. And let me tell you, you want to talk about walking through suffering the right way, talk to the, talk to the medical staff in the ICU over at UT Medical. The life change, the love that flowed from that family, how they walked through that, 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 that extraordinary, difficult, suffering trial with love and embracing, are you with me? See, if we're not careful, all we'll do is ask why. How come me, why, 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 why? The question's not why, the question's what is next. I embrace this season of my life. You know what most of us really spend the most of our life doing? Wishing every season away. Can't wait to get out of high school. Can't wait. Can't wait to get 16 and get my license. Can't wait. Can't wait. Can't wait to graduate high school and get to go to college, man. I'm fired. Can't wait to go to college, man. Get to college. Can't wait till I graduate college, man. I'm fired up about that. I'm excited about that. Can't wait till I get married. Man, for years, I'd pray Jesus was coming back until the last month before I was getting married. The Lord Jesus, don't come back. Give me 30 more days. Come on, don't come back. Are you with me? Come on, you got married people, you know what I'm talking about? I can't wait till they get married. I can't wait. Well, I can't wait to have kids. I can't wait to get, to get out of diapers. I can't wait till they move out. I can't wait. I can't wait. We wish our whole lives away. 
instead of just enjoying today. Like the future, there's something greater out there than today. And so we're gonna walk through pain and problems. How we do it determines whether we're gonna be salty, whether we're gonna change. See, see, we're Americans, we're not supposed to do that. It's in the Declaration of Independence that part of our, part of our heritage as Americans is the pursuit of, of life, liberty, and the pursuit of what? Happiness. I'm supposed to be happy. And the only way to be happy is everything good is good. Are you with me? You ever been to a 4th of July party? Come on, hot dogs and hamburgers and food and fun and hanging out at the lake and floating around and then watching a fire, you know, big fireworks display. Regardless of where you're listening to this message, you could be at any campus this weekend, you could be in your car, you could be on a treadmill, you could be online, you could be, you could be working out, you could be anywhere listening to this message. This message so matters. It matters. You say, but I'm not a Christ follower. Well, then this message is not fully for you. You're going to experience suffering and trials because that's what happens. See, but we as believers, we need to be prepared to experience suffering. Are you with me? Is anybody out there? You read the disciples and you read the bulk of 2,100 years of church history, almost all of it was persecution, problems, and pain. Now, we live in America where we hadn't had much persecution. Are you with me? Now, the media is a little ugly to us, but that's, listen, nobody's killing you. They're killing our brothers and sisters around the world. Are you with me? Does this make sense? In Matthew 5, Jesus says this in the Sermon on the Mount, but you are the salt of the earth. If the salt has become tasteless, how can it be made salty again? It is, good for, it is no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. See, we're to be, he goes on, the next verse said, you are a city set upon a hill. Uh, nobody puts a light and puts it under a table, but they put, it, they put it up so it'll give light to the whole house. We are the salt and we are the light. And one of the greatest ways that we show this is how we deal with, with struggling, with suffering. If, if we're gonna be salty, are you with me? So when you walk through pain and problems, are you walking through with the gospel? Are you dumping a little salt out there? The gospel means truth, and the truth in you is that we walk through pain and suffering, and we bless God, and we bless others in the midst of it. You say, wait a minute, Pastor. I, I came to Jesus because I thought it'd make my life better. I thought I'd find community. I thought God would help me. I thought I'd, and I thought I'd, and I thought me, and I thought me. Are you with me? See, I don't see a me Christianity in this Bible, but boy, it's in the American church, isn't it? Come on, is anybody out there? See, we gotta realize if we're gonna follow Jesus, part of that plan is suffering. Jesus said, they hated me, they're going to hate you. Now, young adults, listen, across all our campuses, I love our millennials, we have some incredible young adults, it's off the chain. But young adults tell me, Pastor, if we just be nicer, the world would love us. Listen, Jesus said, they hated me, they're going to hate you. The only way for the world to love us if we quit shining light into the darkness because the deeds are evil, are you with me? And we quit being salty to the world. But Jesus said, if the salt's no longer salty, it's worthless. Has the American church become worthless because we've lost our saltiness? Does this make sense? 
How are we going to walk through pain and problems? Are we going to scream and cry like everybody else? Are we going to rejoice in God and walk through it? We got to rejoice. I love what this disciples, they, they're preaching. They've been warned. Don't be, don't be bringing that Jesus stuff back in here anymore. We can, listen, we're going to mess you up if you bring that Jesus stuff in here. They go out preaching again. They drag them in. Hey, did we tell you not to preach? Listen, we, listen we so, we're sorry, but we got to obey him. We can't obey you. Well, good. Then they beat him. They flog him. Flog him for preaching. And they let him go. Said, don't do it again. You know what they did when they left? God, I can't believe you let them beat us. God, we were out there serving you and you let them beat us. I don't understand. Well, all this stuff is, is that what they said? No, no. They re, the Bible says this, they rejoiced that they were considered worthy to suffer for Jesus. Has something changed in 21 centuries? See, but I thought following Jesus was just gonna make my life better, and you know what? It does make your life better. Philippians chapter four, it brings joy. Romans chapter 13, it brings hope. It brings all these things into our life. But the fact is, everyone's going to suffer. Everybody's going to suffer. Because we're still real people with real problems. Everyone is going to suffer. Let me, let me read this. This is so good. Let me read you a paragraph uh, just out of an old book called The Road Less Traveled. This is a great truth. One of the greatest truths. It is a great truth because once we see, truly see this truth, we transcend it. Once we truly know that life is difficult, is life hard? Have you lived it? Once we truly understand and accept that, then life is no longer difficult. Because once it has been accepted, the fact that life is difficult no longer matters. Once we realize that we're going to suffer, it no longer matters. Once we realize this is the part of the journey, it no longer matters. Most of us do not fully see this truth that life is difficult. Instead, they moan more or less incessantly, noisily, or subtly about the enormity of their problems, their burdens, and their difficulties as if life were generally easy, as if life should be. We live in a broken world, don't we? Is life going to be easy? Excuse me? No. No. So what? That, it's how we see life. Hey, it's going to be difficult. I'm going to rejoice in trials. I'm going to walk. Maybe the saltiness of suffering is the flavor missing in our faith. Maybe, maybe the saltiness of suffering gives pop to the gospel. Gives power to the gospel that people are watching us saying, I don't understand if I was going through what you were going through, there's no way I could make it. Well, of course you couldn't. You don't have Jesus, and I do. You don't have the purpose and the plan of God, I do. You don't understand that this world's not our home. This is heaven practice. Man, my home is in heaven. It's the, see, we, we keep thinking it's going to get better. It's not going to get better here. It's going to get better there. Are y'all with me? Does this make sense? We're, I mean, we're just, come on, give God some praise. We're gonna, we're gonna suffer. Let's just embrace the suffering. Let's just embrace it. Life is hard. And Jesus is talking to a crowd again. Listen, Jesus didn't have any problem gathering a crowd, did he? 
When you raise a few dead people, open a few blind eyes, open a few deaf ears, heal a few lepers, feed 5,000 men with a happy meal, you don't have a problem getting a crowd. But see, the crowd came because they wanted Jesus to do something for them. Jesus was more concerned with teaching the truth than keeping the crowd. So he goes on, Luke 14, I love this passage. Luke 14, the whole chapter is incredible. Now large crowds are going along with him. They're following him. Woo, yeah, do some more stuff. It's a carnival. Do some more miracles. And he turned and said to them, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother, his wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry his own electric chair and come after me cannot be my disciple. See, the whole Luke 14 context, hey, count the cost of following me. Are you with me? Count the cost of following me. I know this goes against the grain of our culture in America. It goes against the grain of the church in America. But it is the truth of the gospel. We're going to preach the whole gospel. Are you with me? Not preach part of it. We're going to preach all of it. So are you prepared to suffer? Are you prepared to love Jesus so much that it seems like you hate everybody else? Well, that's not what he really wants. That's, that's not me. So I see church sort of like a coffee shop. We just all come in and sip coffee and kumbaya. We, I love everybody. Everybody loves me. Everybody loves me back. Life is good. Don't worry. Be happy is the theme song. Well, that's not the deal. And that's not, the, that's, not, that's, not, that's not all that God has called us to. Following Jesus is not easy. Are you with me? See, these, these people that Jesus is preaching to right here, most will leave him. They will leave him. And some of this very crowd in not many days from this teaching will shout, crucify him. Does this, this make sense? It, it, it's the way. So are you serious that God meant, Pastor, for me to suffer? I mean, did God really mean that I'm gonna go through that? Oh yeah, you're gonna go through that. The question is, will you suffer for doing wrong or will you suffer for doing right? What the scripture asks. Jesus goes on in Luke 14. For which one of you, what he wants to build a tower, does not first sit down and calculate the cost to see if he has enough to complete it. Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation, is not able to finish it. All who observe it begin to ridicule him, saying, this man began to build, but he was unable to finish. Or what king? When he sets out to meet another king in battle, will not first sit down and consider whether he is strong enough with 10,000 men to encounter the one coming against him with 20,000. See, we are, there's multiple illustrations that Jesus gives us. You gotta calculate. Have you got enough money to build a house? You got enough men to win the war? Have you got to finish the, finish the deal? See, you gotta calculate the cost. Are you willing to suffer persecution for Jesus? Are you willing? Some of us are more committed to our political agenda than we are the kingdom of God. Some of us are more rabid about Democrat or, or, or Republican than we are about the kingdom of God. See, I'm not gonna suffer for politics, but I'm more than willing to suffer and even die for the kingdom of the Most High God. Are you with me? See, politics is not gonna change the culture. Jesus is gonna change the culture. He goes on and says this, or else while the other still far away sends a delegation asks for terms of peace. So then, watch this, no, none of you can be my disciple who did not give up some of his stuff. What? 
He didn't mean all, did he? He can't mean that. He'd give up all his own possessions. Therefore, salt is good, but if the salt has become tasteless, what will it be seasoned? It is useless either for soil or for the manure pile. Stone out. He who has ears, let him hear. See, the enemy whispers, listen, you just, just love God like everybody else. You don't have to serve. You, you don't have to love everybody. You don't have to serve people that don't deserve it. You don't have to love people that don't deserve it. That stuff was for those disciples. This doesn't really apply to me today. This is for the first century. This is not for me. See, can you hear the hiss of the serpent, Satan, who wants to subtly, in his warfare, draw you from obeying the most, the most principal, primary things of God? Does this, make, does this make sense? Are you with me? Let me take you to, I'm gonna, I'm gonna use a verse. I almost never use another passage. But let me take you to the message I want, to, I want to read this to you in the message because I love, the, I love this passage as Paul is writing to the church. So just skip ahead. I got, I'm, there's no way I can cover all this. The very credentials these people were waving around as something special, I'm tearing up. Everything the world says, my degrees, my pedigrees, Paul said, man, I listen, I was a Hebrew of Hebrews, the tribe of Benjamin, circumcised on the seventh day. Man, you want to talk about some stuff? I got it. He said, I'm throwing that crap away. I'm throwing it out with the trash, along with everything else I used to take credit for. And why? Because of Christ, yes. All the things I once taught were so important and were going, uh, are gone from my life compared to the high privilege of knowing Christ Jesus as my master firsthand. Everything I once thought I had going for me is insignificant, dog dung. I have dumped all of it in the trash so that I will embrace Christ and be embraced by him. I didn't want some petty, inferior brand of righteousness that comes from keeping a list of rules when I could get the robust kind that comes from trusting Christ, God's righteousness. I give up all that and fear stuff so that I can know Christ personally, experience his resurrection power, and be a partner in his what? And go all the way with him to death itself. If there was any way to get, on, to get in on the resurrection of the dead, I wanted to do it, that I may know him, his resurrection, the power of his suffering, conform to the image of his death. Come on, church. Man, listen. This is the crux of the matter. We don't, we, we don't talk about this kind of stuff enough, do we? Come on, let's be real. Man, we want it sweet. Sprinkle a sugar on there. Come on, smile. Make us laugh. Throw some jokes in there. Make us feel really good. Ain't no way to make suffering make you feel good. Or, I love you. And I am not, I love you too much. And I fear God too much not to give it all to you. See, I think one of the reasons that people are rejecting Jesus is that we're not calling them to this kind of commitment. We're not calling them to a commitment that whatever it takes, you'll lay down your life for Jesus. They've been doing it really for Jehovah God in the Old Testament, who is the same God of the New Testament, by the way. We have been dying for our God for millennia. Listen. People die for a lot of stuff, don't they? People suffer for a lot of things. Give me Jesus. Because of his suffering, because of his stripes, I'm healed. 
because of his pain, because of his death, because of his resurrection over death, hell, and the grave, I'm set free. And if he calls me to suffer, then suffer I will. And if persecution happens in America, they can put me in prison. That's cool. I'll be like Paul. Put me in prison, man. I'll write a book. Let me out. I'm going to preach the gospel. Beat me. Thank God that I am considered worthy to suffer for the king that suffered for me. Does this make sense? Now, we're blessed. I'm not saying you look to suffer, but you're ready when it comes. And we are not so averse to suffering that, we listen, we are never backing away from the gospel. We're not backing away from the truth. We have an America that doesn't want truth anymore. Just give me, make me feel good. I don't care what the facts are. That may be America, but that's not what God wants. So maybe you're here in the deluge, the flood of 2019. And if you're here this weekend, you're far from God, man, listen, you're gonna get a brownie point for coming this weekend. Won't get you into heaven, but you get a point. Well, we'll get you in heaven and surrender your life to Jesus. And saying, I'm willing to follow him. I'm willing to do whatever. I'm willing to go with him all the way to the end. See, that's the kind of Christianity that people line up and sign up for. It's not God's just got a little plan. No, God is the God of the universe. So if you're ready to have your sins forgiven, enter into an army. If you're ready to, if you're ready to walk in newness of life, then he's ready. So at all of our campuses, with every head bowed and every eye closed, pray this simple prayer with us. Dear Jesus, I know I've sinned. I'm so sorry. Forgive me. You died for my sins. Thank you. Be my Lord. I receive your gift of salvation, your righteousness. Help me win the war. Help me obey the word, regardless of the cost. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, come on, all God's people said, amen. Wow, amen, amen, and amen. Man, I love you. And man, I, I, we walk with people that struggle and faith promise, and we rejoice with those who rejoice, and we weep with those that weep, and those that go through seasons of trials or problems. You may be in the middle of one. There'll be, and, and when the service is over, all of our campuses, there'll be people down front love to pray with you. Don't miss this opportunity. Just like Terry, his life was messed up. Never dreamed that his life, that he would, that he would soar to the heights he soared to and led ministries he's ministered. And so if you'll pull the communication card out in front of you, if you're a guest, if you'll fill that out, drop in the offering bucket as it comes by, go through the center doors. There is somebody out there. We got a, we got a, there's square tables. They got a gift for you. Love to meet you. If you're online, if you'll check right there or click and go to our chat room, somebody's ready to pray with you, love you, just thrilled that, that you gave your heart to Jesus. And so if, you, if, you, if you're a guest, fill that out, drop the card in. Others, if you prayed and gave your heart to the Lord, fill that out, check the first circle. I made a decision to follow Jesus. I need to be baptized. And then I just encourage you to sign up for next steps. This next steps this weekend, we'll get in my pickup truck and we're gonna go to that old, Old penitentiary over in Wartburg being closed down. We're going to brush him out. We're going to let some voices of the past tell us how to walk out of the cell of self and walk into the larger life that God has called you to. It's going to be incredible. Matter of fact, you can just check your kids back in, stay after this service at all of our campuses, 1130. Man, I want to challenge, just make, 
dive in there, can't do anything, it's raining anyway. So jump in there, and, uh, and man, we're, we're thrilled. Uh, as we get, ready to, we get ready to bring our tithes and offerings into the house of God, it's a privilege to get to give, isn't it? See, he said, you don't even own anything. When you followed me, you, you gave up all your possessions. Now you're just a steward. Amen, are you a good one? See, a good steward brings their tithes and offerings in. And because of your generosity, we get to do the coolest stuff. I got a letter this past week from, from Emerald Youth, uh, Emerald Academy downtown. It's a charter school. Uh, they're, they're, we are partners with them. They started the school, didn't have a playground. Steve Diggs said, hey, man, we love to have a playground of promise for these kids. I said, we'd love to build that for you, so no problem. So we built this playground, and they sent us a thank you. Let me show you some pictures of some kids at Emerald Youth. Because of your generosity, there's a playground those kids get to go out. They get to play on. These kids are going to have a leg up. They're going to have a way out because they're learning with incredible teachers. And so because of your generosity, you got to provide that. It, you, you, we don't know the tenth of all that goes on through your generosity all out around Knoxville and around the world. So grateful. As we get ready to give, I'm going to pray. What a, what a blessing to get to give. Some of you will give for the first time. Thank you. Others have been giving for decades. Thank you. Remember, we're, we're still eight, eight months away from Heart for the Harvest. But man, let's begin setting aside so that when Heart for the Harvest comes, if you don't know what it is, you will. Just hang around. So God, we just pray for this offering. We pray you'll bless the gift, the giver. We pray you'll move in an incredible, supernatural way. God, bless. Use us. Bless Inward Youth, Steve Diggs, that incredible ministry. And God, as we give this week, just use it for your glory and for your honor is our prayer in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, come on, shout out. Give him a shout as we get to give.